Lisa Lowry, and welcome to the Best Friends Fancast. We are an ARI YMBF fan podcast where we talk about anything and everything Allison Rosen. On this episode, we will talk about the Monday, May 9th episode with Jensen Carb, and the Thursday, May 12th episode, Allison's Potato Face, Weird Ice Cream Scoops, and Six Degrees of Homelessness. First, I would like to introduce fellow best friend, ultra fan, Rafael Castaneda. Welcome. Hey, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Yay. I'm so glad that you're on this episode with me because, well, obviously, because I like you, but the Jensen Carp episode seems like it was tailor-made for you, so I'm super excited to hear and talk with you about that. Really quick, I'm going to pull on Allison here and just tell anyone if they want to be a part of the show to email me at bffancast at gmail.com. I'll slip that one in there because it's, it's super fun, right? That's debatable. <laughs> well, hopefully I have my audio fixed for this week. I won't be yelling at my dogs this week. I know how to use my mute button. We've tested all these things. I'm going to keep the shuffling of my papers to a minimum and we should be good, hopefully. All right, so let's do some All Things Allison. All Things Allison. All right, so let's first talk about the Monday, May 9th episode with Jensen Karp, who is a man of many talents, art gallery owner, podcast host, is a rapper, manages a rapper, producer, journalist, author of a new book coming out, Kanye West Owes Me $300 and Other True Stories from a White Rapper Who Almost Made It Big, Expialidocious. <laughs> like, <laughs> the more it was like, oh my gosh, you do this, you do that. I've never heard of him, but now I want to know more. I'm interested in this book what about what about you if you remember i keep bringing this up but a year ago you and i did uh my byof and uh at the end i had some suggestions for guests and jensen carp was i think the first one i said you know he's done it all he's he has like a thousand different jobs and uh i haven't pre-ordered the book because i want the audiobook but after he said it's going to come out later i guess i have to pre-order it and i know it helps him on the like charts or whatever he's a great guest and i i uh, I found out about him be- because a couple years back, I was listening to, back when Allison was still on the Corolla show, Bald Brian was on Jensen's podcast around the book release, uh, the shrinkage book. And then I think I'd listened to that episode, but I didn't really get into the podcast until like a couple months after that with another guest that I liked. And then I really fell in love with that podcast and I went back and I listened to them all. And now I'm like a super fan. And uh, so like listening to all his podcasts out of order, you hear like, oh, I used to be a rapper. And he's like, oh, I own this art gallery. Actually, it's two galleries. And then just hearing about all the different jobs he's had. It's he's a really interesting guy. And uh, yeah, I'm glad he's on the show. And it's all thanks to me. <laughs> Round of applause here. <laughs> you know what? Let's jump forward and then we'll go back again. But Allison did mention in this episode that one of her super fans recommended lapel pins for her show as merch. And one can only guess who that might be. Yeah, so... I don't know who this fan is, but God bless them. And I've I've been on the lapel pin thing for, I think longer than Jensen, but he um he started a company with his now ex girlfriend Melissa Stetton, former guest of Allison Rosen's Union Best Friend, like four years ago. Um, she she and Jensen started a pin company, and they're like really weird. Like he gave her a pin of The Rock, 
wearing a fanny pack, which if you like are an old wrestling fan, you you know what that looks like. But um, like they have probably my favorite pin of theirs might be Kermit the Frog sipping the tea. That's like a old meme. And then uh, they're like very weird. Like they're pop culture based, like most of the things he does with Gallery 1988. So they're not for everyone. But uh, but uh, what am I saying? Um, lapel pins. Oh yeah, uh, a super fan of hers. <laughs> Maybe more, uh, can, maybe more ultra than than super. Maybe uh, that person connected these two, and uh, we can look forward to some lapel pins. Maybe that would be so cool. And I love that his pin company is called Patty Lapel. That is super cute. <laughs> yeah, these pin companies. There's like a million of them, and they all have crazy names. Like uh, I have a poop emoji pin that I got from a company called Pin Trill, but you won't get that. <laughs> Reference, it's been trill. Anyway, forget it. Someone else, right. everyone else Rat out there thing. probably will get it. The only person who's going to get this reference, been trill, is probably maybe Laura Broder. If she listens, shout out to her. All right, yeah, bingo pajamas. Um, so they started off the show stalking. Oh my gosh, stalking, really? They t- no giggles. Okay? I almost just said they tarted. <laughs> okay. They started off the show talking about the stories of people living in their cars and if they believe those stories or not, you know, like the Jim Carrey story and a few other ones. And it is funny because I just take it at face value of like, oh, yeah, of course they did. Why would they lie about that? I thought, well, it's actually a really good story. Maybe they did lie about that. And then they started talking about... um um, Jewel living in her car and talking about snaggle teeth and people getting those fixed and I am one of those people that I think snaggle teeth are super cute and attractive and perfect teeth while they're great and all <laughs> um, like Patricia Arquette and her crooked tooth I think that just makes her even more attractive I think it's really cool um, yeah so <laughs> they were talking about Jewel and living in her car and you know who else lived in her car super fan Megan <laughs> And I texted her. I'm like, hey, you lived in your car. And she's like, yeah, I'm bound for success. <laughs> she needs to um, write herself a million dollar check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then they started talking about the perfect teeth. Um, I have like messed up teeth, I think. Like my two front teeth are kind of chipped. And uh, I, I if anyone ever asks, which they never do, I'll tell them that I'm not fixing them. Like, uh, like Nas had a chipped tooth for a long time before he got it fixed. Uh, this rapper named Fabulous has a chipped tooth. So I'm just like following my rap heroes lead and uh but really it's just because i don't have money to fix my teeth (laughs) you know that just reminded me of when i was in high school i got my teeth fixed so my front teeth are fake they're neither white nor perfect but i did when i first had them fixed i used to have those anxiety dreams where i bite down on my teeth or whatever so i ended up chipping them and i remember guys at school asking me if i chipped them on my dildo (laughs) because that's how you use a dildo Oh my god, yeah. So then they start talking about, it was funny, they kept starting new stories about white people with white teeth and white teeth artists and different stories about, you know, her friends or I know this person, but then they never finished the story. So then they just had this tooth secret stories, which I thought was kind of funny and intriguing, but, and then, yeah. You know, she- yeah. Well, she uh, she mentioned an ex-boyfriend and then a friend of hers. Yeah. Um, I mean, if like if your teeth look that good, wouldn't I mean you've spent all this money on them? I mean, who who's gonna care? It's not like a secret, right? right? Exactly. I exactly. I just announced it. <laughs> 
I, yeah, I never noticed your teeth. But then again, I don't, I don't know. I don't like, I guess I look at people's teeth, but like, I don't like think, I oh, those e- are fake. Yeah, I don't either. Unless they're super big chiclet teeth. Like she was talking about Sheena from Vanderpump Rules, which all you can look at is her fucking teeth and her fucking stupid look in her eyes. It looks like she's caught in headlights. But yeah, those teeth are in your face like chompers. She could I, <laughs> eat an apple. I've never, I, <laughs> I've never seen Vanderpump Rules. I don't want to see it. I hate when they talk about it on the show. <laughs> So I I don't know, but uh, there's, wait, did you say Sheena? Is that her name? Yeah. I think someone tweeted Allison, like, oh, yeah, her face is, like, bone-shaven. Like, she's had bone-shaving surgery, which I don't buy it. No. But, uh, I think um, she just wears a lot of makeup, and she's had a lot of teeth. She also did fall and, like, knock out her front tooth in one episode where she had, like, this gray tooth for a bit. So that was hot. <clears throat> she, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. from the picture I saw, she seems like a fairly attractive lady. Uh, maybe not my type, but she's not, like, an ugly person. Uh, so I don't no. know. I didn't see her teeth. but And she's got a big, juicy butt like you guys like. So <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> I read the tweets. All your... <laughs> you guys are big fans of lots of dingleberries, apparently. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I also like that Jensen Karp said uh, Vander Karp rules, which <laughs> just to say that he's so quick witted. His little things that he would say during the show just I don't know. He's very funny. Um, then they start talking about People versus OJ, which I have not seen yet, and I really want to see. I just haven't carved out enough time to see it. But I don't know. And then he said that John Travolta is act, acts like a cat. Like a cat, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> oh my gosh! I, do have you seen it at all? Um, I was at the gym one time and it was on and I just listened to my earbuds or my music or whatever but so I saw like a good 30 minutes of an episode but it was all on closed captioning I don't really want to see it like there's a lot of shows that I'm that I've never seen that people say are amazing like uh Jeff was mentioning that he'll watch it as soon as he finishes uh Better Call Saul I haven't started that even though I kind of liked uh Breaking Bad um so no I I haven't seen it I don't really care to see it you I do want to see it I haven't but um don't watch Vanderpump Rules because I watched it kind of as uh, definitely a super guilty pleasure. All those housewife shows that I think are disgusting. I think those people are disgusting. But then I get sucked into it. And I've never watched a Kardashian show. I can say that. So I can have that one check in my positive side. But And I haven't seen the new season of Vanderpump Rules only because of my cable. And I'm just waiting for it to come out. But maybe I've finally broken my, my addiction to those horrible shows. I don't know. It, but now oh. with Allison talking about it, now I want to like have a live you know like a tweet night about Vanderpump Rules that'd be make it even more fun you know the thing that bothered me about it was that they were talking so much about people versus OJ Vanderpump Rules they there was no TV time jingle and I was like come on Jeff (laughs) but I guess there was like no break in the conversation where he could insert it but I was upset that I did not get my TV time jingle aww um are your pants made of felt (laughs) what Well, they are now. Are you still rubbing your pants? Oh, no, I'm not. Did okay, you hear good. something? No, I heard some shuffling, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know what I'm doing now. Oh, my gosh. My, okay. My well, pants or something? I don't know. That's okay. Uh, at least I got to use that joke. Um, so, <laughs> Jensen also wrote the book about the 80s toys, Just Can't Get Enough, which sounds really funny. And, and then he got ripped off with the 90s one. But did, have you read that book? I mean, you obviously know all about them. You've been talking about them for a while and i just haven't listened apparently (laughs) i um i own the book because he tweeted out like a long time ago 
um, him and his uh, the guy who he does the podcast with, like you said, Matt Robinson, they wrote it together. And um, I have like the paperback paperback version, so it's a tiny little trapper keeper, but it's still the same. And uh, so I I bought it like from eBay or something for like twelve dollars or something. It's cool, but um, I don't really care about eighties toys. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they alternate each like each one takes a chapter. Like this one's about Ninja Turtle toys or whatever, and this one's about fucking Transformers or whatever. Um, it's a cool book if you're into that. And I'm not, but you know, yeah. but a Sleeping with Squirtle, and maybe I would have been interested in the 90s one. <laughs> I hope people don't know what you're talking about, Sleeping with Squirtle. <laughs> That's on the net, the new thing on the Urban Dictionary. That's what happens when you, uh, never mind. Oh, gosh. Say something horrible. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I have a story too, but I probably shouldn't share. Um, So... <laughs> He really quickly mentioned uh, what we, going to high school, you know, where he went to high school, that he being a poor kid going to a rich school, which is exactly what my high school was like. And he kind of slipped in that Topanga from Boy Meets World, went to school with him. And she literally, I just saw her the other day, Danielle, uh, Danielle Fischel is her name. And she, mm-hmm. I took my daughter to her singing lesson and the girl before her came out and it was Danielle Fischel. I'm like, oh my gosh. And my kids have been watching. Boy Meets, no, Girl Meets World. Boy Meets World is the original one. That's right. Okay, so so she was just like so starstruck. Oh my gosh, Danielle takes her lesson from the same teacher that I do. But um, that is a total side note. Anyways, going to to a rich school as a non-rich kid, I literally had a parent drop off their daughter in a DeLorean (laughs) at my school. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, (laughs) okay, well, really quick. um, Yeah, Danielle Fischel has been on Jensen's podcast, so you can hear the stories of them going to school together. That's cool. Um, I think they weren't, like, in any of the same classes, and I think they were, like, they were just kind of there at the same time, but you can hear that on his podcast. Um, And um, a DeLorean, that's... That's, uh, do you, oh, wait, I was going to say, do you like cars? Yeah, you like cars. Um, the DeLorean's, it's a cool looking car, but it's a piece of shit. I right. think it's like a V6, like the interior is horrible. Yep. It just looks cool as fuck. Yeah, and at that but, time, uh, it was, you know, 1989 or something when they were getting dropped off in front of my middle school. So this is before I went to high school, but eighth grade girl gets out you know the door lifts up and she gets out and now i think about this because my kids go to a school where there are a lot of rich kids and i know that the high school is even worse it's kind of snobby and i just picture dropping my kids off and just laughing at those parents i would be that mom like really you're gonna have a bow on your car really cool (laughs) (laughs) and just like uh, jensen said there's nowhere to go from here but down i think he said that Maybe I heard that on something other thing, but I I've been teaching my kids about peaking it in fifth grade, and it's it's not the best time to to be the, the, on top. <laughs> yeah, um, my high school was all poor people, so I don't know, like. Uh, and he yeah. he talked about it making him it kind of drew him towards going into being into ra- rapping and and maybe being into a more of a subculture, which is probably what happened to me because I was kind of I was a, definitely a misfit, and I t- went towards you know, maybe different kind of music and being more in the punk side, not really punk, but kind of, and, you know, and being made fun of just like him being made fun of for stuff that became popular like three years later, which is, you know, and having a whole store based around the kind of clothes that I used to wear, just like he said, all the things that he got made fun of for, you know, kind of, it came later to be popular. And, but the lynch mob at his school, what the fuck? (laughs) 
Yeah, that sounds that sounds crazy. Chased by fifty kids, but um, like in like in my school, everyone was listening to like rap music, so it wasn't weird. Um, and he, he was talking about relating to hip hop about I guess like feeling like an outsider. Um, I'm trying to think what do I relate to with hip hop? I guess hating the white man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just it's just what I like. I don't know. But I do. I f- oh, you know what? Well, yeah. I was thinking about this. I do. I do relate to uh, rap music because it's like it's what you I grew up around. And also, like when I look outside, it's like the same urban scene they're describing. It's not like I didn't grow up in Calabasas or whatever. Yeah. So I, I relate to it. It's kind of the scene I grew up around. But um, I he mentioned being accused of wanting to be black, which that happened to me because. I was am so into rap music but I don't think it has anything to do with that it's just I don't know you relate to what you relate to I agree and I think back then like he said the the term wigger which is was something I heard then I I believe we're kind of the him and I are kind of the same age I think and I remember hearing that in the school because people that were into rap were not the mainstream people they weren't you know the cheerleaders and the football players they were there were not a lot of them so they're definitely that I've heard that word a lot and then they talked about how he really wanted to leave school and how Allison did leave her school. And I thought, man, I that was never an option for me. Getting picked on was just like, you know, walk it off, man. You know, and he was talking about trying to leave his school and asking his mom. And his mom kind of said, no, you're staying. Go face this, which is kind of crazy. Like, I wouldn't even imagine coming to my mom and saying, I want to leave the school for being picked on. <laughs> Did Allison say she left her school? I thought she said she thought about it. I thought she said she did. Maybe I misheard that part. I think she just thought about it. And you know, you know what? I think you're right. And I, I was thinking leaving the school is the worst thing. I know his mom said that, you know, the story will follow you, which I don't think that probably wouldn't have happened or maybe it would have. I don't know. But for me, I moved so often that I was always the new kid. I was fat, poor, non-blonde. in Orange County, which didn't equal cool in any school and starting over anywhere sucked. So it just, it wouldn't have worked. And I think being picked on as much as it fucking sucks, and there's no way my mom would have done anything to like help me, but it helped me to be, I don't know, I guess be a stronger person. I know that my kids are going to go through it because my kids are really nice kids and they're, they're starting to get into the thing where they're noticing who's popular and all the drama and they don't want to be a part of it and they don't understand it. And their friends are really the good kids, which I'm like, thank God, <laughs> because the good kids have the good, nice parents. And it's those are the people I have to be around all the time. And it's a whole, it's a whole thing. And, and having to tell them, well, I knew who those kids were going to be in kindergarten because their parents were that way. <laughs> you see like the snobby, rude moms and their kids become the snobby, you know, rude kids. It's just half. That's how it works. So, you know, I try and give the benefit of the doubt and think, oh, you're going to be friends with this person. That's cool. You know, let's be friends with everybody. But as you know, once they're old enough, they realize, oh, those kids are assholes. <laughs> you know, I, I, um, I don't have kids. I just have two nephews. And it is really the one of the most worrisome things is like who they're going to become and who they're going to hang out with. And so far, I mean, my nephew's like 12, so it's okay right now, but there's still a lot of time for him to go through school and meet new people. So I like, I just hope 
I can't, I can't imagine what it's like being a parent. It's, it's, it's uh, got to be... It's fucking scary. And when they're younger, you think, okay, you can protect them from this and that. And you know they're going to go to school and they're going to be influenced and whatever. And it sounds like your nephew has a good foundation, which I think that's the main he thing. He does not. That's oh, what worries me. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, is... you know, having a good foundation or having a good role models, which I didn't have either. And But see, and then you know part of my story. <laughs> I really <fucked laughs> up. And then I came back from it, but I, got, I think I'm lucky that I was never arrested or I'm not dead but you know i'm i'm struggling so hard to give my kids that foundation and not to say oh i don't want you to live through things because i think that's good but it's it's such a hard balance of like you don't want them to have so much hardship like tiffany haddish was talking about hardship made her stronger on the other episode that on allison's show and i thought well that's kind of a lot of hardship to, to have to go through to become a strong person i know that mine certainly helped me but it also hindered me in a lot of ways too so yeah oh <laughs> That's not Georgie. Who's that? <laughs> That's Pepsi the kitty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh she's like, I'll be part of the show. Um, so yeah, it is, it's super stressful. There's so many things that you think, oh, it's stressful to do this or to that with, with kids. And then when you're going through it, it's like, oh my gosh, last night I had to go to, with all the rest of the fifth grade teacher or parents, we had to go watch the, how our bodies are changing video before our kids see it next week. And my son is, he's very immature for his age, which I'm fine with because he's still so good. It's like fine. Wait, how old is he? He's t He just turned 11, actually. And he's immature for his age? Uh-oh, are we on mute? Sorry, yeah. Um, oh, okay. Um, yes, he's he's mature in ways that he's very thoughtful, caring person. So on that level, he's very mature as far as connecting with people. He's very, very, just a nice, good-hearted person. But he doesn't really, I mean, I haven't really turned, you know, <laughs> taught them very much about sex or anything like that. And the stuff that they were talking about last night in the video, it was like full penis, scrotum, everything, diagram, semen, ejaculation i'm like yeah i'm sure he knows this all already and that's what the guy you know the teacher was saying that they're either gonna they're just gonna absorb what they're gonna understand for now they're not gonna beat it into them like you need to know this they're either gonna absorb it or they're not and they probably already have been hearing a lot of this stuff at school anyways and so it's kind of a good place to start but i'm thinking okay next year my sister my oh my gosh next year my daughter's gonna do it and thinking about her going through the change and having to deal with periods and teaching her how to use a maxi pad i'm just like oh my god i don't want to have to do that like i don't want to deal with my own <laughs> well when i remember we did that kind of uh class during um fifth grade for me as well and i just remember that i i was i was trying to be very mature about it and so they're like you know my teacher was saying you know we're gonna use all the proper names and then these like slang words so this is a penis, whatever, this is this testicles and whatever. But when he said vagina, I fucking lost it. <laughs> every, but the whole the whole class was giggling at every word. And I was like, look at these idiots. Like, oh, they're that. the worst. Then he goes, and vagina, and then, you know, start cracking up. And I'm like, I'm no better than these people. <laughs> and that's but, what the teacher said. He's like, I'm going to get out all the words in the beginning to, like, get all the giggles out. And, you know, and then talk about no slang words. He's like, because, you know, pussies. And he, the teacher said pussy. And I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was sitting there by myself almost like giggling and elbowing nobody next to me. Like, really? <laughs> oh, 
Well, the thing, like, my parents never taught us anything. Like, they don't mention that at all. So, I don't know. I came yeah, out I, fine. And you know what? The, I did not come out fine, but I, I'm fine now, I guess. But I did have to learn it all myself. Periods, sex, everything on my own. And I did a horrible job of it. So, I just need to, like, buck up and just deal with it. Because I'm a mom now. This roller coaster's not stopping. So It's what you signed up for, really. It really is. And I was so excited to do it. Um, so we definitely digress there. I wanted to talk about going back to Jensen and his rap battles because it all kind of started in high school and kind of a new term for me because apparently I'm super white. Um, <laughs> rap battles. Talk to me. Tell me. Okay. So yeah, I wrote, I wrote that down because, uh, Allison asked, you know, what kind of appealed to you about the rap battle? And um, as a fan of rap, I, I love me a good rap battle. And uh, so he was he was mentioning how it's like the way you get out. Like, it, it was his outlet for humor. Like, he was trying to be funny with... You try to be funny with these punchlines. And she said, okay, so it's that as opposed to the aggression. So, like, in these rap battles, if you don't know, which I'm sure everyone's seen 8 Mile, but, like, you, you, you try to make fun of something about the person in... A rhyme and that's how you win essentially whoever has the best punchlines and but like i think allison might be thinking like in like professional rap music let's call it is like you know they're like i'm gonna kill you i'm gonna kill your family you're gay whatever and that's just aggression it's not trying to be funny but in a rap battle it is just about jokes and i think that's another thing that that is something that did appeal uh to me about rap music and battles and because I I think during like during uh middle school is I was the funniest I'll ever be. And that's cuz you just talk shit about people. You just make fun of them and that's what we would do. Like my friend was asking me like did you ever bully anyone? I was like absolutely not, but if you heard the things I would say to people, you'd be like you're a horrible person, but you that's what you do. Hold on really quick. Okay, well, so thank you for teaching me about rap battles because even after listening to him, I didn't know. So that sounds actually very interesting and fun to listen to. And I think it's funny that they had rap battles on, it was Roll Call radio show and he called in um, and he had, of course, like a joke name, Hot Carl, which he didn't realize was going to follow him for as long as it did, probably. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because he uh, he has a tattoo, uh, he has tattoos on his wrists of H and K and he for Hot Carl. Carl, but he's like, it, he hates it so much. It's also his mom's initials, so it worked nice. out. Yeah, Haroldine Carp, so it worked out. But, Haroldine, um, oh, that's a rough patch. Yeah. Um. So, uh, what's her face? Uh, Allison mentioned that a hot. Car- <laughs> I'm bad with names, people. All right. So, what's her face? Uh, mentioned that she thought a hot Carl was a Cleveland steamer. Do you know if there's a difference? Because I think I do. I thought it was the same thing. I've heard of. Oh wait, what did you say? A Cleveland steamer? Yeah. Uh, isn't that upside down? So it's different, what, like a backwards one. What I thought was <laughs> a hot Carl is like you shit on their chest, and a Cleveland steamer is that you like after you do it, you smush it with your butt, like oh. like a steamroller. Oh, I was thinking of a Cleveland bow tie. My bad. I don't know what that. Is. I still don't. Oh, me and my friends went out uh, to lunch, and I asked them if there something like a uh, angry dragon came up or something, and I asked them if they know what the angry pirate is, and I've already forgotten. But they they told me I forgot what it was though. Yeah, I know it involves something. The end is a punch in the eye, but oh, and and so there's and you get kicked. Oh, you get kicked in the shin. Yes. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Right. No, it wasn't a punch in the eye. Though, right. It was the kick, I, so you're pe- you're limping. Right. 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 I, I uh, heard it was something else in the eye. Right. 
I call that my my fruit punch. Oh my god, what the <laughs> fuck am I talking about? Okay, um, yeah. So, and how crazy is it? He got a a, a million dollar record deal based off of Hot Carl and his rap battles on the radio. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's it's funny. He uh, I don't know if it was in this interview or another one. He mentioned he might have been the end of the million dollar uh, deal. Yes. But um, I've heard his Hot Carl music, and it's not the best. But then again, a lot of the stuff coming out at that time was probably not that great. And uh, he mentions that the reason his album essentially never came out was because they also had Eminem signed to Interscope, and that was like their big guy. And so if you compared Hot Carl to Eminem, it's so different. And so I could see why they would shelve him, but also to spend that much money and just, it goes nowhere. You're essentially throwing it away. It's kind of crazy, but it worked out because he opened his gallery with that money and he had a great story to tell now. Now I really want to see this art gallery. It sounds right up my alley. I really want to see the kind of art that he has. I mean, it just sounds... Yeah, it's in my price range. That, that That's also great. But it just sounds like it's something more interesting and just something that I don't know. I don't know if you've ever been to or seen any of the stuff that he shows. So, uh, yeah, Gallery 1988 on Melrose. He has two locations or like a few blocks apart. And when I go to L.A., every time I go, the first time it was closed. The second time they were preparing for another show. So it was closed. And when I, next time I go, I'm going to I'm gonna try and stop by. But my luck is uh, 0 for 2 right now. So oh, I'm not counting on no. it. But I own five or six pieces from his gallery. Really? It's all, like you mentioned, it's all pop culture mm-hmm. inspired. So um, let me see if I can show you my crap. Um, how do I turn the camera? Oh, there it is. <laughs> Hot pod. Sorry, my. That's, uh, that's something from his gallery. It's a Beatles uh, butcher cover. Oh, that's but, super cool. Like a cartoony cool. style. Yes. And then um, I have like. Well, let me, before I give you like a tour of my whole apartment, the uh, George Costanza, like stained glass style. <laughs> and I have some other ones. Um, so yeah, I bought some stuff from his gallery and it's all super affordable. And it's just, um, it's hard when you're like, you know, a mid twenties guy, like you can't have like a fucking, you know, like a $20,000 art piece on your wall. So it's, it's good for that. And they had a Seinfeld show, which is where I picked up like four or five things. I remember. Are you sending me some pictures of some of that stuff? Yeah. So, I mean, if anyone wants to check it out, it's gallery1988.com. And they have a lot of, uh, like, they did a, a big show with Star Wars recently. And um, they have pretty much something for everyone. I'm uh, going to check it out. Next time, yeah, next mean, time you're in town, hit me up. Maybe we should go. Oh, for sure. One thing that I thought was one of the funniest stories that he said was when Shia LaBeouf had his show where he's just sitting there, you know, just being quiet and people come and see him and him and his friend Matt went to go see it and they realized 10 minutes in that they're like, fuck this, why are we here? And then left and then an idea comes to his mind. Really, Okay, that was dumb. So, so, so an idea hits him that they should open, rent out the space next door and open their own art gallery showing, which... And they recreated Shia's show, except with Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> yeah. I'm like dying just picturing this and what Shia must have been thinking. And Funny or Die got involved. And I think it was called I Am Not Famous 2 or something, which, oh my God. I, that Like he said, the ideas that come to his head and those things are just, they're gold. <laughs> they're little gems because that is just fucking hilarious. I would love to hear what Shia has to say, though. 
Yeah. So, so he, yeah, his uh, partner from the podcast, Matt, uh, was with him and they, they told that story on his podcast when it happened. And, um, and like he mentioned, he, his, his friend Matt told him, like, the thing is, like, I have an idea and it just goes away, but you have an idea and then you, like, in, you immediately start working on it. And in a couple hours, you know, you, you've done something to accomplish that. And I, I, that really stuck with me listening to his show because it's like, I have a lot of stupid ideas. And I never, they never come to fruition. But I mean, if you just start working on it right away, you can, you can just do it. Like, it's not that hard. It's just doing it. It's so true. I have so many ideas where I'm like, ooh, that'd be good. And that would be good. And actually something he said when they were talking about Zsa Zsa Gabor, which is not related to her at all, but but it reminded me of this story that I want to write, and I know that it'll be good. I just, it's the kind of story that, it's a movie that I would want to see. It's something I think everyone can relate to, and it's just like one of those things where it's like, just sit down and fucking write it, because someone else is going to tell this story, and it's not, and you're going to be pissed off, because it's a great, it's a great story, but, you know. Yeah, so we, we can talk about this uh, when we're done recording, but I have, I have like a list in my app, my notes app, that just is called Ideas. Mm-hmm. And I just have a bunch of stupid things. And I started working on one recently because I was like, we, like I said, you just have to do it. So I was like, I have this idea and I'm working on it. Ooh. And and see, I have ideas in so many different things. I have a kid story that I want to do and, a, you know, a, an adult story, I guess. And then um, I've talked, I talked to you about wanting to make some things for my Etsy store that I'm going to make. And I finally started getting all of the stuff because I'm so excited about it. And even if it's just me who loves it, I just, even if it's just the audience of one to do something that you love, like I never do that. So sorry. <laughs> the cat yeah, well, really wants to be a part here. <clears throat> uh, well, like you mentioned, it's like the story you want to write is something that you would want to see. And that's the same thing I was thinking is like, like with the Allison Candle, which shout out to B Slammin and Ashley who tag team this idea and then I made it. <clears throat> it's just like, that's something I would, what? I'm holding it oh. up right now. <laughs> I was looking at mine. I was like, looking up here. Um, it's it's something I would want. So yes, this uh, the same thing with the lapel pins. It's like that's something I would buy. So I'm glad it's eventually going to happen because that's I would buy that. Exactly, and and that's where I'm going with it. Where I told my husband, I said. I don't want to make a bunch of stuff just to sell it to make money. I want to make it because I want it. And then if to exist, yes, right? I want it yeah. to exist. And then if someone else loves it, awesome. But for me, I just want this to be, and I've never seen anything like it. So I want it. And it, obviously it's, it's Twin Peaks related. So it's more pigeonholed into like a certain, you know, group of people, but that's something that I want to exist. So I'm going to make it happen. And I, it's silly not to, I'm fucking 40, man. Um, so he talked about, you know, the more I think about it, I think he's like, like 10 years younger than me isn't he like 30 your mic's not on yeah sorry i oh, was sorry. i was like hold on i'm on mute oh, okay. i was writing something down um he's 36 he oh, just okay, turned 36 uh, yes he just turned 36 okay, so he's, so we are he's barely okay yeah. um he talked about becoming rich at 19 which fucking crazy to become that rich um and you know dating playmates which and having Mark McGrath throw you a birthday party and all of these things that happened to you at that age, I can't even imagine. He seems so grounded from there. And it just seems kind of crazy to me. 
Yeah, so, I mean, I know a lot of the stories from the podcast, mm. so, but, I mean, can you imagine having a million dollars when you're 19 or 20? No. Like, that's, that's crazy. And it, he mentions that, like, he, like, he didn't know what to do. He's just a dumb kid, and he bought, like, arcades. Yes. He has, like, a, a frogger or some shit. No, no, I'm thinking George Costanza. He has, like, a, a tapper uh, arcade and, like, some other shit. And his his apartment looks super cool. Really? So yeah, yeah, I told my husband if we ever win the lottery, we're going to be, like, dumb and dumber with our stupid phone. 10 gallon hats and like pinwheels and bullshit because we're so stupid with money but um so he seems a lot smarter and he didn't seem to buy into the fame he definitely seemed to enjoy it but it didn't seem like he bought into it and then that kind of led to the story of you know meeting conway i just said conway conway oh, twitty conway. i wish it was conway twitty <laughs> <laughs> damn it can you tell i said you're so hip I, with oh, your references have you heard the new Conway album? <laughs> oh, okay, so Kanye, obviously that word doesn't leave my mouth very often. Um, and he said that, you know, meeting him, that Kanye tried to put up, you know, a front of like being cool. And then once he met him, he's like, oh, I can just be myself. And he was actually really a dweeb. But Kanye bought into the fame, apparently, because the only one I know is like nowhere near what he described. Yeah, so, well, it's funny because back when Kanye put out his first album, like his look was like so it was preppy, it was all polo, um, and now it's it's garbage clothing. Like he looks like a homeless person, but um, so it and even his his music is so different from back then to now. It was very soulful and like a lot of rapping. Now it's like just strange. It's still good, but it's so different. So it's a totally different person, and I'm assuming that level of fame changes you uh, yeah i guess and he seems like such a i don't even know what the word is he just seems spoiled i guess maybe but yeah, um but, uh, yeah we could go on about Kanye, i know but... i know and i think that's crazy that he owes him 300 bucks i think it's funny it's perfect title for a book um because it's that's interesting that that makes me want to open it and read it right there but and he talked about writing he talked about writing for pro wrestling which is something so funny because Obviously, wrestling's fake. I mean, you can tell because they're what? They're very bad actors. But and it's or staged or whatever you want to call it. But I never put two and two together that like I never connected to that somebody's sitting back there writing it. <laughs> right. I never knew that. Like obviously, it makes sense. But you would think that each wrestler just kind of comes up with a story and right. goes with it. But yeah, he he also mentioned um what is his name? What is his name? Patrice O'Neill, uh, R.I.P. He uh he's a good great stand-up comedy guy uh, and he 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 said that he used to work there as well and so it's funny that these well it's it's weird how many things jensen has written for but yeah he worked for the wwe for about six months and after his uh rap deal went south south um what the fuck am i trying to say um I, yeah, I lost my train of thought. I don't know what's going on here. Um, okay. So he was a writer for the WWE for six months, and I guess it was a terrible job. But he's done. He's like written for so many weird things. He mentioned that he was at the time he like was writing for the MTV Movie Awards, which he did a a ridiculous song with uh, Kevin Hart and The Rock uh, called 
Oh, shit. What was it called? Why did I bring this up? I, I didn't even see it, but it was something. Oh, it was it was called Leo Got Fucked by a Bear. <laughs> yes, that's right. Did you see it? No, but I remember yeah, you I, talking about it. I, I didn't see it either, but it's funny because writers, it's something that's so strange to me that he, he wrote for the WWE. He like writes for magazines. He uh, he writes for award shows a lot. He also does another one that's like a like a kind of like a punk rock indie music award show that they do every year. It is. Yes, yeah. it, it's really crazy to me. All of the things that he's that he touches, and he talked about. You know, you said that he worked for six months doing that writing, and how it. He said it was horrible. Like I think it was mostly. I don't know if it was the traveling that he was talking about just being horrible, or just the whole thing and him becoming really depressed. And but I, I think the things that they touched on later is really what led him to be depressed because. All of your moments in life that you try and suppress and push down eventually come out at some, they catch up with you and they come out at some point. And I think mine have come out a few times and I feel like, and this is breaking news, I feel like I'm on the verge of another nervous breakdown at the, at the moment, which is like super crazy. But um, I'm not going to kill myself, I swear. Um, but he talked about taking seven Ambien and just the crazy shit that he went through the, and his OTD. Yeah. Well, I well now I just want to talk to you about what's going on. With you. <laughs> Damn it! We I could do that. Is... We could do that off the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, he because yeah, he was on Mental Illness Happy Hour, which I I don't know if we can have an episode of the of this show without mentioning it. But I mean, that show is so great, and everybody that's on there, you know, it's interchangeable. Um, and you know, of course, he drops the bomb. Oh yeah, I was molested by a female camp counselor. It's like holy shit. Yeah, that's definitely probably why you're having your your issues. Yeah, and he and before that, he mentioned he had obsessive thoughts disorder uh, as a kid, and that he's been. In therapy since he was six i think so he had a like i, I don't think otd is like caused by something i, I think it just mm -hmm. kind of comes out but um i've never taken any kind of drugs like that like ambient or anything is six a lot sounds like a lot i've heard one is a lot because people are eating in the middle of the night and doing weird things so seven i feel like i don't know if you can can you od on, on ambient i imagine so but seven sounds like a real shitload but I can't, it's so strange when I hear, not that it's discrediting it, but like somebody, a, a boy being molested by a girl is so strange to me, that whole dynamic, because a girl doing that is, like he said, she's obviously came from a fucked up background to, to do that, because it's usually male on female, which is, I'm generalizing here, but it usually is, it's kind of, at 12, I, I don't know, I can't even imagine. And then to run into her and have her apologize, I, I never got an apology from anybody, but I can't imagine at 15 getting an apology, I'd just be like, holy shit. Yeah, and I feel like it just keeps saying this, but yeah, if um, if that story seemed like they just kind of touched on it and you want to know more about it, he talked about it really in depth on the Mental Illness Happy Hour and also a bit on his uh, show after that. But um, I definitely want to go and listen to that because he's just, he's an interesting person and it is interesting. I, you know, I love that show anyways. And I just have, I have so many shows to catch up on and that's one of them that I keep, okay, I need to make time. Cause this is something you have to listen to. It's not something you could just do a bunch of stuff while you're doing, you know, it's like you really want to listen to the, the, the words there. So I'm definitely going to look into that. Um, I think I have minor OTD. I used to have notes for my notes, like four <laughs> separate notes for all saying the same things basically, but in different versions, which I finally was just like, okay, I need to cut this out because it's making me even more crazy. <laughs> so I don't have 
I, I mean, I do more like Allison. I, I ruminate on things, but I don't think it's obsessive. But I, I used to think I had OCD, but I think to have OCD, you have to think like, if I don't do this, someone's going to get hurt, which I never had. I, but I'm looking at my, on top of my turntable, I, I just set things down in the same place all the time. They have to be in a specific order. Everything's like either lined up straight or, you know, horizontal or whatever. But I don't think that's weird. It's just being neat, right? <laughs> well, the guy that, um, one of the guys that was abusive to me was like that. And if anything got moved, he was pretty PO'd about that. <laughs> Um, I used to be like that also, where everything had to be lined up. Um, but you kind of, you kind of wave the white flag once you have kids because there's only so much that you can do. My mom had white carpet growing up and she was like that. We had white carpet and she was an insane person with cleaning. So I, that's probably where I got it from. But, um, you know what? We've talked a lot about this episode. And when I was writing the notes down, I thought, man, there's so much to talk about. And I'm glad, you know, it's just you and I because we could get it all out and talk about everything. But I didn't know. If you have anything else about this episode, then we can go on to the next one. Um, I do want to touch on some things. I hope we're not – it's going to be like that last episode that was way too long. So, oh, man, there's so much. Okay, so at the beginning of the episode um, when they were talking about Jewel and they were talking about Tiffany. Do you know who that is? Yes. So I don't know who that is, but I know oh, it boy. as a reference, uh, some girl who performed in malls. And then Jenna tweeted about it. She said <laughs> that she's listening to the episode, and she's like, I performed in malls, and I didn't have a record deal. So uh, I want to hear more about that. So uh, maybe I'll have to tweet at her. You don't remember um, the Tiffany Debbie Gibson beef? <laughs> I think right. that might have been before my time. Maybe. <laughs> Well, it's funny how, like, there's a lot of stuff I'm into that was, like, well before I was born. Like, I'm super into the Beatles, and, you know, I was not alive from 60 to 70, so. That's true. All um, the music I like is late 60s to, to early 70s, and I wasn't born yet. So, but there are so many things that people talk about. I'm like, I wasn't born. How would I know? I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> so I'm just exactly, not interested. Exactly, right? <laughs> Also, like, how do we know about, like, 1776, this country was founded. Right. I mean, you have to learn it. You have to go out of your way to learn it. Yes. So, But I'm not going to learn about Tiffany performing in malls. Get out of here. Um, another part I liked about this was um, when she was asking him, what do you think your talent is? And I, for, sh- for him, I think for sure it has to be, like, like she said, prognosticating about current, like, uh, what's going to be trendy in the future. Because that's essentially what his podcast is about and his 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 um his business endeavors kind of have to do with that like selling art like i mean he's not the one making the art but you have to pick and choose what is going to sell so i i feel like that is his talent do you do you know what your talent is oh god <laughs> because i don't think i i don't know what my talent is i that's why i'm stuck in this shitty job that i hate because i'm like well if i'm gonna go to another job i, I want it to be something that's gonna lead somewhere but i don't know what that would be i know you know i feel like my talent is being a mom but it's one of those things that you don't really know until you do it of course but I was a nanny for so many years that and I just wanted to be a mom for for so long so all of the things that I loved before kind of have been put down to the to the side sorry <laughs> Um, so just kind of relearning all the things that I love, like I loved art and I know I was really good at a lot of artistic things. So once I am done raising my kids, I hope that I find what (laughs) I am good at and what my gifts are because I'm going to be pretty lonely. Well, I I think the thing is like, I think you have to, once you know what it is, you should be working on it all the time. Yes. Because I mean, you're right. You're totally right. Because I'm just suffocating all of those things to the point where I are they 
even my gifts anymore? Are they even my passions anymore? Right. Um, another thing, if you were done with your thought. Yes. <laughs> um, another thing is they mentioned new clothes, uh, which is from his podcast, a term for when you're uh, out of a relationship. And he, like I've mentioned many times, I always say that, like, oh, you mentioned this here. I mentioned this there. I need to shut the fuck up. But uh, no. I mentioned he used to date Melissa Stetton, former guest of the Alison Rosen's Universe Friend podcast. Um, and they had, like, they had a Bachelor podcast together. They started Patty LaPelle together. Um, she's on a basketball team called the Pistol Shrimps, which they mentioned later. And he uh, is kind of uh, associated with them as well. <laughs> Hey guys, surprise, it's B-Slammin' here. Sorry for that interruption, but there were some technical difficulties that I don't even think the Colonel himself could fix. So, this podcast will be continued. Don't forget to follow the show's Twitter feed at BFFancast. To be on the show, you can email BFFancast. Did I say that right? BFFancast at gmail.com. Follow Lisa at JMOs and BFFs. Follow Raphael at RMC Guitars, and don't forget to support Allison Rosen's show on AllisonRosen.com. Have a great day. Miss you all. Love you. Akaba!